Greetings, adventures, and welcome to GNGG Cast. Welcome, everyone, to Good Night and Good Game, your geek news roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week, as always, is my co-host, Hector. Hello. This week on the show, after the news, we're going to be discussing the future of advertising in video games. I promise you, much more fascinating than it sounds. Before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. With all that out of the way, it's time for the prelude. Prelude. Hey everyone, welcome to the Prelude. It's time in, It's time to dive into what we've been up to this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time, and what's been making us happy. Sorry, my cat is screaming in the bathroom right now. I'm just like trying to keep my composure and do his show, but he's like just testing my patience today. Oh, that cat is going to town. He is going to town. So, before we get started on the Prelude, I want to talk a little bit about the creation of the show a little bit. And what I want to talk about specifically is mental health. And I promise it's a lot funnier than, than it sounds. Um, just as a society, we don't talk about mental, mental health issues enough. Um, and so just kind of a little bit of background to me. Um, I'm a little ADD and I am medicated for it. And uh, due to circumstances in life over the next you know, couple weeks, I'm going to be kind of without my medication. Uh, and today was the first day of b- not being on medication. Um, and so today, Thursdays are a big day, not only because I you know, have a, my nine to five that I work and I have a lot of things that I have to do. I manage multiple teams and all that stuff. Um, but I also have to find time in my day to create the show notes and get all that stuff done. Um, and... The big problem here is that today is Thursday, and it's the first day of me not being on my medication, It's and i got to manage two teams, and I've got to get the show notes together, and I thought in the morning I had it all together and planned out. I'm like, this is my plan of attack for the day. I'm going to do this. I'm going to tackle the day. And then all the NDAs went away for Overwatch 2, <laughs> and basically like 5 million people started streaming Overwatch 2. And let me tell you, man, when you got ADD and like something that shiny <laughs> pops up, and I'm just like forcibly like having to like stop my day and like no yeah. focus, no focus, notes to do. Yeah, no, you can't like, you can't ignore something like that. It would be right. like, like you're walking by a room and you watch someone upturn a box of kittens. Right. Like, like you're not yet going to keep walking. You're like, I'm going to stop and hang out here for a minute. Right. And so I'm just like trying to get through my day and I'm trying to get the notes and I'm trying to manage my teams and I'm just like, God, but I've got like Overwatch playing in the background and I'm trying to like listen to all of it. Let me tell you, it's, it was, it was a difficult ride to get to the show today, but here we are. We are actually doing a show. So let's talk about the prelude stuff. Hector, what have you got? Uh, Let's see. What did I do this week? Uh, Watching, um, not too much, I don't think. Uh, Yeah, let me see. Uh, Oh, I went to go see a movie. I went to go see... It obviously wasn't that memorable. Yeah, apparently. You went and saw uh, the new Michael May movie. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Okay, yes. I went to go see Ambulance. Yes. Yes, Ambulance, the new Michael Bay movie. It had completely slipped my mind. Okay, look. So Michael Bay movies. It's a Polish story, I believe. Yeah. So Ambulance is the story of a um, team of bank robbers who rob a bank. It goes very wrong, as most bank robbery movies do. And the two remaining bank robbers, who happen to be brothers, um, steal an ambulance to try and get away. Mm-hmm. Inside the ambulance happens to be one of the police officers that they shot and an EMT. So you basically spend the entire movie in this ambulance with police chasing them mm-hmm. um, in a Michael Bay 
two-hour police chase. Yeah. Like, you're, it's through the streets of L.A., and somebody gave Michael Bay a lot of drones. <laughs> and, okay. like, if you're familiar at all with Michael Bay cinematography, think, you know, The Rock. Think um, uh, uh, Con Air, all the Transformers movies. You know, mm -hmm. the dude knows what to do with a camera and what he wants his movies to be highlighting at every given moment. Right. Every frame yeah. is maximized for a maximum visual, audible, and thematic impact mm -hmm. every single thing it can be and has been described as quite exhausting to watch <laughs> a michael bay movie it can be i often don't disagree with that but i still really like them for the way he crafts them mm -hmm. now uh on the subject of drones uh, Michael Bay will oftentimes apparently really, really enjoy just a drone flight down a building. Mm -hmm. And LA has nice tall buildings. So it can be pretty fun for the audience on a big movie screen to just get like a Spider-Man going straight down view of a building. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But he does it like six times and it starts <laughs> to get really noticeable even for people <laughs> who don't like think about cinematography while yeah. they watch movies. Then again, sometimes during a multiple car pileup during this police chase, will he fly a drone through weaving, flying, and tumbling cars. Wow. It is remarkable to behold, and mm. it will be copied relentlessly for the rest of the time wow. because it is that cool of a shot. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. overall, the movie was great. Classic Michael Bay. Um, if that's your thing, if you like Michael Bay movies, you're going to love this movie. Mm -hmm. If you hate Michael Bay movies, it's just one of those, so don't watch it. Right. But, he um, makes popcorn movies that sell. He makes popcorn movies with a little hidden message about something that's fucked up. Yeah. And this one is about the militarization of the police department. Ooh. Somehow, Michael Bay got the LAPD to help him make a movie where some bank robbers steal like $36 million and the police end up causing like uh, like a, a billion and a half worth of damage to LA chasing them through the street wow. with fucking tanks and APCs and snipers and helicopters. Wow. <laughs> and many civilians are hurt mm -hmm. and there's always like... He has the um, the cars that are supposed to be low profile, like their police cars with yeah, really yeah. low profile lights and like barely any paint job, so they can sneak around and pull mm -hmm. you over. They get chased by a bunch of those. They're all supercharged and like weaving through traffic. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be hoorah and badass, but the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, oh god, our police are a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so that was one really good thing I watched this week. Mm -hmm. um, most of my TV watching has been. Um, uh, I've, I've been I've been doing a, a greatest hits tour this week. You know, okay. I watched Arcane again. Mm -hmm. um, I watched a little bit of good stand up, and um, yeah, that's about it. I, I you know I watched some more. Uh, We're here. Mm -hmm. uh, the most recent episode in Salem, Alabama, was a masterpiece. Yeah. I didn't think they were going to yeah. top Del Rio, but wow. Yeah, yeah. The, the show We're Here on HBO. Please watch it. It's just it's so good. Please watch it. But yeah, that was my weekend. Oh, I have one game. I started playing a, a relatively idle game called Vampire Survivor. Mm -hmm. A very very you know an eight bit if even that. Um, super small, pixelated, low-profile, low-footprint game. And the where, whole idea of an idle game is you don't have to actively play it, right? Right, right. And this isn't as idle as, as say, something like Cookie Clicker, where once you're done clicking the cookies and you have the thing going, it just runs itself. Mm. This is more of a, you basically walk in four directions and the game plays itself. All mm. you have to do is kind of, like, avoid being touched by monsters, mm -hmm. right? So you're watching it, but, like, if your character is taking care of themselves, then you don't really have a problem. Right. Anyway, uh, this game is very, very cool, and it was the easiest $3 I ever spent. Mm -hmm. If you care at all about having a game that you can just mindlessly look at that is oddly soothing and um, 
a lot of fun for how chill it is. Uh, yeah, Vampire Survivor. Can't recommend it enough. I play it during work right now. Nice. Uh, I got a few things on my list. Uh, I've been playing through Control finally. Awesome. Um, loving the game. Uh, I find myself, unlike Silent Hill or Resident Evil, um, not able to play it for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we've kind of talked about outside of the show, I think it's the oppressive nature of the game, yeah, being inside the oldest house is always a little oppressive. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and just like you know, you interact with all these people who have been like. So there's this thing about control that I really love is when it comes to horror, um, there's kind of two mentalities of it, uh, and I'll call it for sake of ease. Mm-hmm. Column A is um, the Lovecraft idea, mm-hmm. which is there are things beyond what humans know and to gaze upon them will drive us insane. Mm-hmm. The other one side I will call the uh, cabin in the woods version. Mm-hmm. Cabin in the woods is we as humans have the ability to take something so absurd to us that could cause us to go insane and turn it into the most mundane thing in the world. <laughs> yep. A boring shelving system for, like, all of the world's most horrific monsters. Right, and that's what Control does. You go through Mm -hmm. and you read the documents that these people have laying around, and they talk about, like, the horrible things that they've seen. And they're like, you know, this should really be fucking me up a little bit more, but honestly, I'm just mad that, like, book club, like, didn't invite me on Wednesday. And you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) But, like, that's what it is. It is human's ability to turn something, like, so absurd into... Mm -hmm just something so stupidly mundane. And I think that for all of the, the dreams that we have of like how, Oh, you know, seeing an eldritch creature would just drive us to the brink of insanity. Really? I think there's a part of my brain that goes, no, we would just file that under C for Cthulhu yeah. and just call it a fucking day. We would take a whole bunch of pictures. We, you know what we would do? We would do what, what they did in arrival. Mm. We would walk up to it with a whole bunch of cameras and microphones and like start to draw on boards and be like, please don't eat us. Right. Um, this is a smiley face. This is how <laughs> I feel about you. Please right. don't eat us. Um, also this week, I uh, picked up I, my drunken purchase for the week was Persona 4 Ultimax. Yeah. So that's a fighting game. It's uh, Persona 4 with some Persona 3 characters. Um, I've only played a little bit of it. Been having a real fun time with it. It's been a great break from the oppressive nature of Control. Mm-hmm. So I've been kind of using that as my off game. The last thing I want to talk about this week is a series you can find on Shutter. Shutter, please sponsor us someday, really. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. Um, it's called Behind the Monsters. And we've okay. talked about it previously on the show, like when it was first in, uh, talked about. Uh, but it's out now. All the episodes are out. It's six episodes. Um, and essentially what Behind the Monsters is, is exactly what's on the title card. There are six episodes, six classic movie monsters, and each episode dives into them. Uh, so, you know, you have Freddy, Jason. Uh, it obviously starts with Michael Myers. Yeah. Um, it goes into the history of the movies, what people thought about the remakes, um, the second episode is about Candyman, and th- this episode had come out just before Candyman. I hit, hit, hit the new version; it hit, I think. Um, I watched an episode on Child's Play last night, which I didn't think I was going to like, but I ended up really enjoying it um, because I I realized as I was watching this, I've never seen a Child's Play movie before, really, in my life. Wow. I, I, I've actively just avoided them because I, I I never thought that I was better than them. Um, I just didn't think it would appeal to me, which mm. was so weird because I loved the Puppet Master films growing up. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Like, 
it seems a little bit weird. Like, that does seem a little bit weird. Maybe it's because he talks. Maybe maybe it's because he talks. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, I've only got one episode left, and they've saved the best for last. It's it's Pinhead. It's Hellraiser. Nice. And that's going to be good. Going to watch that tonight. So behind the monsters on Shutter, please 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 watch it. It's so good. Uh, the last thing that I did, actually, that was it this week. Uh, honestly, behind the monsters, I've just been binging, and it's like I said, six episodes max, six hours, well worth your time. A nice thing to just put on the background when mm-hmm. you just need to decompress. Um, and if you want to learn the more about uh, the history of horror movie monsters, that's where you go. Tom Zavini's in it. They get a bunch of the original actors back. It is a fantastic romp. Uh, do check it out. That is everything that we have for the prelude this week. We're going to take a small break. When we come back, we'll be going into our main news segment in the weekly raid. The Weekly Raid. Hey, everyone. This is The Weekly Raid, our news highlights for the week. Kicking things off this week, a book. If you haven't noticed, recently, themed cookbooks have become a really big thing. Uh, From Halo to Overwatch, you can find a themed cookbook for just about anything. On October 4th of of this year, a book called Castle Rock Kitchen will be released. Inside it are meals and drinks themed around various Stephen King movies and books. Awesome. Yeah. So the entire premise is if it was a meal that was made in a uh, movie or is listed in a book, it'll probably be there. Um, If it's just something that was written into Cujo, it'll probably be there. Mm -hmm. And then they'll have some drink recipes and stuff like that. I could go through a bunch of them, but I'm excited. I honestly... These whole themed cookbook things are actually a lot of fun. Uh, I've read through the Overwatch one. I've mm. kind of looked through a couple pages of the Halo one. Um, it's exciting. You'll find some recipes in there for shit that you normally wouldn't think of. Okay. So, yeah, it's definitely probably worth picking up. There'll be a new series coming to HBO Max called Dead Boy Detectives. It's going to be eight episodes long. It'll be about a pair of ghost detectives as they investigate supernatural crimes. It is based on the characters Edwin Payne and Charles Rowland that come from Neil Gaiman's series Sandman and more recently have appeared in the series Doom Patrol. Yeah. Oh. So I have not watched enough Doom Patrol to know about these characters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doom Patrol, man. Uh so this is a spinoff, essentially, from Doom Patrol is what they're doing with this. Okay. And they're saying it's, right now it's just eight episodes, start to finish, and we're just going to make this, but who knows. Um, have you watched enough Doom Patrol to know these characters? I have watched the first two seasons of Doom Patrol. and Okay, I think these characters show up in the newest one. I believe some of the third. I, I really need to go back and finish the third season, mm-hmm. but um, the show is fantastic. It yeah. really is. It, it, if you like superhero stuff at all, watch, watch watch some Doom Patrol. Yeah, it's one of those things I keep trying to come back to and just haven't had the time. I need to finish Umbrella uh, Academy Season 2. I just haven't gotten around to it. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things. Uh, the head writer and creative director uh, of Uncharted 1 through 4, Amy Henning, mm-hmm. has been tapped once again to work on a Star Wars game. Uh, <laughs> oh, previously, no. she was working on a game that was codenamed Project Ragtag, which was a third-person uh, action-adventure game that was supposedly supposed to take place after Episode 4, A New Hope, but it was canceled by EA. Mm-hmm. So now we have our hopes getting up again. Yeah, man. Like, uh, I, And if you I don't can't. know Amy Henning by name, she has worked on some of the most amazing properties. Obviously, Uncharted One through Four is some of the stuff that she knows that she's most known for. But she also worked on the Legacy of Kane series. Yes, she did. That's where she um, ch- cut her teeth. Yep. yep. And those games are just obviously like top ten all time for me. Mm. I don't want to get my hopes up about this Star Wars game. Oh well. Okay, so we have had since 
you know, everyone start was saying, uh, why aren't there any good Star Wars games? What the fuck is happening with the world? Why right. is this the worst timeline? We got one pretty good one. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a little rough around the edges, but it was a good Star Wars game. Yeah, Fallen really Order was, like that. I, I like Fallen Order. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, but, I mean, it seems like where we have new leaves flopping over to, mm-hmm. to their other sides. So I really hope this is the EA's, like, Amy Henning apology tour. Mm-hmm. Like, look, whatever happens, this game's getting made, guys. We would love to have a Star Wars Uncharted. Yeah. Like, like well, come on. I mean, we we've entered this world where, you know, companies like EA were saying for a long time, hey, single player games just don't sell. And then Jedi Fallen Order happened and it very much sold. <laughs> like, yeah, like Gangbusters no sold. Oh, I love so that game. I think the perception has changed now. Games like God of War have proven like we do want solid single player experiences. Elden Ring, even Elden Ring, for all of its multiplayer components, mm-hmm. is still fundamentally a single player game. It's oh, it's a single player game. Uh, other players are literally power ups. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's just something there to, uh, to, to you know to keep you from rage quitting. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, DJ Two Entertainment, the production company that brought us the Sonic the Hedgehog movies has teamed up with John Wick's Derek Kolstad to make a film based around the classic Sega beat 'em up Streets of Rage. As of right now, we do not know what platforms it will be released on. Could be coming to theaters, could be coming straight to streaming. We don't know. Okay. We just talked about Streets of Rage last week. And like, yeah. I feel like this is just powering up the news that we had from last week where we were talking about how much we love that series and how much fun it is. Streets of Rage, by the way, I feel like is a property that's ripe to be turned into a movie. And I don't say that about video games very often because there's this whole thing in streets of rage. If you played the original ones, you play this team of cops, but like <laughs> the streets are bad. So like, yeah. are you a bad enough dude to take out like the mafia King, uh-huh. but it's all done through like police brutality. Oh yeah. Like, like literally <laughs> a car pulls up with a rocket launcher. Yeah. There is a move where you just, Call the cops, and the cops show up with a rocket launcher and mortar the street in front of <laughs> right. you, murdering all of the homeless and the gays. And, and, I, and then, then the police have done their job. Right, and I feel like this is one of those situations where I don't know if they will have the, the brass to do this, oh, but man. you could make a searing social commentary. You could. Just like the police by making a Streets of Rage game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You could even like set it in the 80s but make it all the like police problems of now. <laughs> like, right. There's a lot you it's could just do. Like it, oh God, it, it could go places. I don't think that they would do something like that but if you did, I would just eat my shirt at that point. I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, please, thank you for, for producing this. Yeah. I'm like, you did bring the guy from John Wick in. He could do, he could do social commentary. Mm-hmm. I could see it happening. Mm-hmm. Um, in weird news this week, Netflix has announced they're making an animated series based around the card game Exploding Kittens. They are listing yeah. it as a, quote, adult animated series. Uh, the premise is going to be that God and the devil have come to Earth but are in the bodies of chonky house cats. Uh, it will be oh, no. based around the war between heaven and hell. It'll star Tom Ellis, Abraham Lynn, Lucy Liu, Ali Mack, and a whole bunch more people. It's being written by a team that have worked on everything from Archer to You're the Worst. Even Mike Judge is going to be working on this thing. This is a very silly show that is going to be stacked as fuck. Aside from just the show that they're working on, they're also working on a uh, digital version of the card game to put it into Netflix. Huh. So, like, like it's you a, can play the a, game on Netflix with your friends in your living room. Apparently you can. Fuck. I mean, this this all sounds great. 
But like honestly, cool. I, 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 just, I love the idea of Netflix being a place to go for like party games. Like, like this yeah, is a good idea. Yeah, because we heard that Netflix was getting into gaming a while back, and they mm-hmm. had bought a couple studios, and they obviously had already released some projects like the free Stranger Things games they always mm-hmm. put out before the new series comes out. Yeah, uh, that's just smart advertising. Um, but I do like this idea as silly as exploding kittens is as a property, like to just really run with the absurdity of it and just like really in like the talent on, on hand that they have hired for this. Yeah. Like if you go and look at the roster, I only named like half the people that are working on this and like you will recognize every name in the industry. They must've dropped so much money. Either they dropped so much money or the, the script was just so out there that everybody said, I need to be in on this. Yeah. I mean, like, I hope so. Yeah. Oof, yeah. Also, if Tom Ellis doesn't play the devil, like, what are you even doing? Yeah, like, we, who, who else would? <laughs> right? He should be just playing the devil forever. It's like forever. Matt, it's like Matt Ryan playing Constantine. Just let him do it. Yo. <laughs> Brad Anderson, who worked on both Session 9 and The Machinist, <clears throat> is working on a new film simply titled Blood. Okay. It will star Michelle Monaghan and Skeet Ulrich. Um, and the story is about a child with a mysterious illness and the disturbing lengths that his mother will go through to keep her child alive. Yeah. I, everything about this. Sure. Yeah. I'm in. This. I'm super in. If you have never seen either Session 9 or The Machinist, uh, you are doing yourself a disservice. Session 9 is one of my favorite horror films of all time. And, and technically, I don't even think it qualifies as horror. I think yeah. it's more of a thriller. Barely. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. The same way. I mean, The Machinist definitely isn't horror. Yeah. But like you're, you are profoundly disturbed the entire time you're watching the movie. Yeah. And that's a lot of what Session 9 is. Mm-hmm. Session 9's horror comes from the implications, not necessarily anything paranormal. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things I love about it. Brad Anderson can just do no wrong by me. Like his entire just list of stuff that he's working worked on is just like chef's kiss to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you tell me a, a, a plot synopsis that's this thin. Like it's a very vague concept. Oh yeah. Mysterious illness and mom will do anything to keep her child alive. Tell something tells me like this is going to be fucked up. Yeah. It sounds like a plot to one of those like uh, earlier French new wave horror films where it's like ladies pregnant. Other lady wishes she was pregnant. Okay. Ah, when you see the movie. Yeah. Oh God, I, I, I want to die. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, we have to report that Into the Spider-Verse has been delayed. The first part was scheduled to hit this year and has now been pushed back to June of 2023. Mm. Um, across the Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse. It changed yeah. the title. Yeah. Of, yeah it's, mm-hmm. Instead of it being Into the Spider-Verse 1 and 2, it's now Across the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, th- that's that's a bummer, but honestly, like they're just going to make the movie better. Like yeah. if they, they, they need more development time. That is fine. Like, yeah. like they, they make like, the best movie like like the best looking movies like some people would say that one of the best superhero movies of all time yeah absolutely and the first one took them five years so give them a minute yeah and so the second one will drop on march 29th 2024 um by the way this isn't exclusive to just these spider-verse movies um other titles in the sony catalog that were scheduled to hit have been postponed as well okay unfortunately morbius was not one of those yeah well i mean (laughs) it's better that it's behind us i think it's probably better that jared leto is behind us Mm -hmm. um um, yeah, I mean, we know that as much as people want to believe the pandemic's over with, it's not. And these kind of things getting delayed, they're going to still be happening. Mm-hmm. We're still going to see game delays. We're still going to be seeing movie delays. It's going to suck. We do want to see Across the Spider-Verse, but we're just going to have to wait a little bit longer. Yeah. Now, as we start to wind down our news segment, it is time for another edition of 
Blizzard, are you okay? <laughs> so far, they have not been. <laughs> so recently, Blizzard sent out a survey asking people how they felt about pay-to-earn games and NFTs. As one could imagine, this particular survey did not go over so well with the general public. It was so bad. The reaction to this survey was so bad that Blizzard president Mike Ybarra took to Twitter as soon as the article, as an article was posted about the survey to simply say, quote, no one is doing NFTs. This isn't the first time this messaging has come from Blizzard, as the senior designer of Overwatch tweeted back in January, as a dev on the Play Overwatch team, I, str I am strongly against NFTs and will fight to make sure they are not integrated into our game. Yeah, all this is correct. Like, good. So this is, right, this is good news. Yeah. This is a week of okay Blizzard news. We were, were The week's not over yet. Mm -hmm. But... Here's the thing. Here's the thing that concerns me is this mm -hmm. is the Blizzard president, Mike Ybarra, mm -hmm. who had to step in when an article was posted about this survey and say, by the way, we're not doing NFTs. Mm -hmm. One would think that if a survey like this was going to be going out and a survey like this was going to be going out to the people, um, Maybe the president would see it. Yeah. Maybe the president would, would see think it so. first. Um, and I get that it's a corporation and things can get lost and, you know, but this is such an, imp it's such an important time right now for things like play to earn and NFTs and all that stuff. And we're not here to debate the, we're just, we don't have the time. Yeah. We have to explain it all and we just don't have the time to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, but genuinely speaking, most people are very against these things as a concept. Well, yeah. And, a lot of people have been voicing their dissatisfaction to game developers recently on all social media platforms. And it feels almost ignorant in a way, um, for lack of a better term, for a survey like this to go out, most likely knowing what the general response to the public is going to be mm -hmm. and not have the president be aware of its existence. Yeah, very, very true. You, you would imagine that... That he wouldn't have been surprised all of a sudden to like have to make a very public tweet, but maybe the very public tweet was because Microsoft has basically said no to all the NFT stuff right. lately as well. And I mean, there is the whole buyout thing still way up in the air. Yeah. So tentatively good news for Blizzard today. Mm -hmm. We'll just hold on to that for the week and see how the rest of the week plays out. But yep. by the time we arrive next week... Uh, by the way, I think next week we may be off the air. I think that's the beginning of the Overwatch League season. I so, believe you're right. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll be off uh, the air for next week, just to let you all know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, it's a complicated situation with all this stuff that Blizzard's doing right now. For every little bit of good news that we get, we get so much bad news. Um, we can only cross our fingers and hope for the best at yeah. this point. Um, but good on the president to step out and, no, and, it's and, good. and get in front of it. Yeah. So. All right, that's everything that we have for our main news segment this week. Stick around, and on the other side, we'll be going into our main topic in the Boss Room. Boss Room. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is the Boss Room, our main topic for the show. Sometimes related to the news, sometimes not. This week, we will be diving into something news-related. A report from Business Insider has stated that Microsoft is currently working on a program that will allow for in-game advertisements to be placed into free-to-play games on Xbox. The advertising revenue generated by these ads will not go to Microsoft. Shortly after this report, 
Sources spoke to Bloomberg that said that Sony has actually been working on the same concept as well for about 18 months. Uh, Sony did not disclose if they would be taking a cut from any of the revenue generated by these in-game advertisements. So this kind of takes us to our main topic. Mm-hmm. In-game advertising is not a new concept to video games. No. From billboards to even one of our favorite games, Death Stranding, mm-hmm. in-game advertising seems to be a conversation that kind of comes up once every few years, and everybody has kind of mixed perceptions on it. Mm-hmm. So with all that out of the way, let's dive into the world of in-game ads and how we feel about it. Right. So I think ads are... We have to, we have to uh, first talk about what it isn't, right? Because when you talk about free-to-play games, what you don't want is what happens with television. What you don't want is what happens with Twitch or with YouTube. You don't want the game to stop. While you watch an ad. Example would be UFC, I think two years ago, Mm -hmm. whenever it would cut to the, uh, pardon my ignorance, I'm kind of speaking from just past knowledge, um, when you would go to watch the replay of your fight, much like you were watching a real UFC match, Mm -hmm. it would cut to an in-game advertisement. Correct, yes. And so this is like the opposite of what is good in any video game. Right. When we feel so terribly about a microsecond of lag Mm -hmm. in our input, imagine how we would feel about a 30-second ad break. Right. So this isn't what we're talking about because mm-hmm. most games are smart enough to know not to do this. Yeah. Outside of the sports games and the, with with the with the you know in game like rolling advertisements and the right. absolute like you're playing casino a, you're, mentality. Yeah. And Forza would never do this, but like you know you're playing Forza and there's mm-hmm. a billboard and it's a Mountain Dew billboard that doesn't feel out of place. That feels like a natural placement, right? Well, yeah, because we see that stuff in the real world. That mm-hmm. that feels absolutely in place. Right. And and we we've had that concept all the way back to I think it was the first. First Battlefield, uh, like 2049 or 2042, mm-hmm. whatever it was. The first future one. Yeah. Where they said that the billboards in the games around the cities will be advertisements. Right. And now they're blank because no one has the rights to any of that anymore. Right. So now they're nothing. But yeah, we, we've, always has, we've always had this type mm-hmm. of thing. I mean, when I say always, I mean at least since games were really online. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so when you talk about advertising in games and what they're talking about when it comes to uh, it being new or like Microsoft talking about it or Sony talking about it, I, I, we really have to see what form it takes. Right. So I think that there's a definite pros and cons when we talk about advertising in video games. Um, we've never really had confirmation from Kojima about this, mm-hmm. but Death Stranding in the original incarnation had monster energy drinks in it. And mm-hmm. that was a whole ass thing that was in it. Oh. Um, as well as, and, a, as an advertisement for Norman Reedus's ride. On right. AMC. Yeah. Also in there, yeah. but from what we can kind of guess, right. We can speculate on mm-hmm. those things were, things that brought money to Kojima's company yes. so that he was able to produce Death Stranding in such a short amount of time. Right. Let's not right. forget we're talking about an independent developer after leaving Konami. He's yeah. not owned by Sony, not owned by anybody. Who needed to, to take out a loan to start his company. Yes. And we're talking, it's, it's as if, I don't know, like Martin Sorsese, like had to start his own film studio and take out a loan and still produced a movie as large and bombastic as anything he'd ever made before. Yeah. That's a, a, quite a feat. So when Kojima had had to go be like, hey, can I get some of that monster money? This game is is really pretty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and from what I understand, in the does. in the later incarnations of Death Stranding, like the director's cut, that's been removed. Yes, there is every once in a while still an ad for Norman Reedus's ride, which is hilarious to me because I don't believe that show is on the air anymore. 
Uh, I really don't know. I don't know. Um, but yes, the, the the energy drink is now um, uh, Bridges Energy. It, it's no yeah. longer Monster. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. It's cool. So it's so easy for us as gaming fans to kind of hear the words advertising and gaming, and we kind of clench our buttholes. Mm-hmm. Let's let's take a minute and talk about some pros. Mm-hmm. Off the top of your head, what do you think are some pros to having advertising in games? Well, my first big pro, I think, is because like with all monetization, it's a tool in a toolbox, right? Mm. What I think would be good for ads for free-to-play games um, are indies. When I think about like the indie games that might cost you a dollar here or a dollar mm-hmm. there, like the one that I've been playing this week... Um, I think a great way to offer those free would be to like include advertisements in them somehow. Mm-hmm. Right? Like like that's a good idea. While I'm playing the game up in the corner, it might say, "Yo, buy some Doritos. Bet you're hungry." Sure. You know, uh you know from, you know, or the all the little monsters on the screen will spell out Mountain Dew. Who knows, yeah. you know? You could do all kinds of stuff, but as a tool in the toolbox, especially if we're talking about um, lower price games, free-to-play games, mm-hmm. games that earn companies money without them trying to nickel and dime you in the uh, uh, loot box space, in mm-hmm. the uh, you know random number generator space, in the o- over-expensive battle passes that you mm-hmm. can pay to skip through, yeah. or um, God forbid the NFTs, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, I mean, advertising is fine. Yeah, It's one of the least intrusive forms mm-hmm. of monetization, I think, as, as far as it goes. Yeah, and I mean, games have been doing this stuff for years, like we've kind of been d- discussing. I mean, hell, I want to say it was like EverQuest, or it was an MMO that existed at some point that you could literally like order a pizza from inside the MMO. Oh, yeah, 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 slash like, pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a whole thing that you could do. Um, I think when you talk about the indie space, I think it's fine. Um, obviously, in the realistic air quotes games, it just makes sense, right? You're playing a NASCAR game. Yeah. It would almost feel weird if there wasn't advertising in it, right? Yeah, and like adult advertising. Like, it'd be weird to watch a NASCAR race without a big Winston Cigarettes logo on you know? Right, right. You know, like that or like... You know, we're, we're, it's it's kind of pick your battles, right? Um, it's a little bit harder for me to maybe want to play Battlefield 2142 with mm. a big Dorito sign while I'm in a mech. Yeah. Like, that's weird to me. Um, you know, or a Gundam game where, mm-hmm. where that kind of thing would pop up. Oh, yeah, that'd be a little You know, wild. you, you got to, like, pick your battles, I think, with advertising. But there's lots of cases where it's not a big deal, that's right? True. It's just advertising is... We're so used to it at this point. Honestly, here's my thing about it. When you talk to the pro side of it, putting advertising on billboards and video games compared to some of the shit we've been shoveled recently in terms of people trying to put monetization into games, it's a fucking welcome change. Yeah. Right. If I have to load up one more game that has 50,000 microtransactions in it, you know, that's pay to win bullshit. Like, Mm. you know, I'm glad, honestly, that in my course of playing Devil May Cry 5, I never really hit a point where the game had to be like, why don't you go buy this thing? Right. Like it's there's so many microtransactions in games these days. And if Mm -hmm. you're telling me like plastering a fucking Mountain Dew billboard on something, it will take that away by all means. Yeah. Agreed. Please do it. Absolutely. Um, And to, to that point, um, for the pro side, like we had kind of mentioned with Kojima, um, one of the pros is these ads bring in revenue for developers. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so it really does help any developer that gets the opportunity to put advertising in their games. It's extra money that they can put towards their game, put towards Mm -hmm. the people making the game, you making the quality of life things a lot better. Mm -hmm. There's just, there are benefits to it. Yep. 
I think, uh, like, the, the, the line in the sand may be how much you're charging for the game. Okay. Like, you know, if we're talking about a full-priced AAA game, which these days is $70, not 60 yeah. Um, then, you know, I don't want to see Kratos' Flaming Hot Cheetos X. Like, I, I, I don't, don't know. I kind of want to see that. Well... Maybe, uh, maybe a little bit I want to see it, but I don't, want, I, I don't want it to be like the first item in the game. Right. You know? Yeah, I uh, but, but yeah, uh, for, for, you know, the big experiences, it can be weird when you do stuff like that. There's a difference between putting a, you know, an Xbox and a Mountain Dew vending machine that turn into Transformers in a movie like Transformers. True. And putting them into, um, I, you know, like... Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> you know, you bring up a good point, though. And and I think that we need to think about this not just in terms of video games, but how we view these things in other medium, right? Mm -hmm. So in a Transformers movie, while we are being advertised to by the cars that they are transforming into, it does feel unreal when, say, a Mountain Dew machine turns into a Transformer. Mm -hmm. Whereas, in that same movie, if two robots are fighting each other and there is an advertisement for Mountain Dew on the billboard, it doesn't really bother us. Yeah, right? that's true. So, these mediums, while so vastly different, do kind of tie into each other when it comes to perception, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we learned how to think about advertising from watching television. Like, before we were doing video games. So, mm -hmm. the language is already there, you know? Yep. And so I think that we just kind of have to adapt that same style. Is it something that you feel takes you out of the game? Like, I will say that, like, at the very beginning of Death Stranding, it felt a little jarring that, like, we were just chugging Monster Energy drink. Yo. But honestly, by, like, hour 10, I'm just like, whatever, it's here. Yeah. For, for me, like, I remember it's like, hey, you can uh, drink one and it'll increase your stamina by 10% up to a max of 25%. And I'm like... Norman Reedus, you can't be drinking three monsters in a row like that. You're going to get right. a freaking kidney stone. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, it's it's uh, kind of upsetting at that point. Yeah. And, like, the and it was so blatant, too. Yeah. Like, uh, because Kojima is just that way, and it's just like anything that you pour into your canteen turns into monster energy drink. And you're just yeah. like, I know that you needed the advertising bucks, my man, but, like, Maybe curb it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I'm going to tell you of all the magical items that exist across every single video game that I have played, <laughs> I have never once in my life said, you know what I would really like is a canteen that anything I pour into it turns into Monster Energy Drink. Yeah. Like, that just sounds like a death wish. We could not. It's better now that it's Bridget's Energy. I don't know what's in that. I know yeah. exactly what's in a can of Monster, and you shouldn't drink three of them. It's like Monsters. Yeah. It's just Monsters <laughs> in a can. That's all it is. Pretty much. So we have to talk about the other side of it, though, right? Let's talk about the ugly side of it. What are some of the cons about advertising in video games well besides like what we, it's funny that everything we've been saying as uh, on the pro side always comes with like some kind of caveat mm -hmm. or some kind of at least they're not doing why right? right so it's basically those things like the, the the ads that interrupt your gameplay the ads that take you out of the experience the mm -hmm. ads that don't feel like they you know, cohes with the rest of the game. Sure. Um, everyone saw, uh, you know, when Fortnite was really popular and um, everyone was trying to rush in to make their own Battle Royale. Mm. And, you know, they all started dropping like flies. We were seeing games released in early access that already had their monetization worked out before the game was even remotely finished. Oh, yeah. And there was advertisements everywhere, all over like mm. the street signs and like the billboards and all that type of stuff. Because they were trying to make any money they could. That's why they yeah. released the game early, right, mm -hmm. before it was done. Because they just needed people to play it so that they could keep making it. Right. And while it is a pro that they can do that 
and hopefully figure out if they have a, you know, a, a hit on their hands or not. Um, it, it keeps people like us from having to pay for it. But at the same time, like it kind of ruins your game from the get go. Mm -hmm. There's a bit of credibility lost when your game features commercials. Right. You know, they're not the serious ones. And Fortnite somehow manages to like theme things around characters so that you have, you know, you can be Moon Knight right now, but mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like an advertisement for Moon Knight. It feels like the opportunity to play as Moon Knight. Mm -hmm. It was the same for Thanos when they brought him out. Same for John Wick. Same for, you know, Neo and all the other Keanu Reeves characters you've been <laughs> able to be in Fortnite. Right. Um yeah, they managed to make the advertising feel organic to the game. And I think mm -hmm. that's really what we're getting at. Yeah, it's weird to cite Fortnite as, a, as an example, but God, it they, it does work so well, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean that game makes up like millions of dollars a day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like... I think that when they donated an entire month's worth of revenue to Ukraine, it ended up being like $140 million. Yeah. Yeah. That's a month. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's 30 days, Which has been out for years. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how popular that game... We can make fun of it all we want, but like... We live in a capitalist society, my friend. And yeah, if, you're, if we live in a capitalist society, they have won. They're doing it right. Yeah. So when I think about in-game advertising, I know this is going to turn a lot of people off when I bring this topic up, but I do play a lot of mobile games. Mm -hmm. um, it's just an easy way for me when I'm on the couch, having a drink, just like watching something on TV to like idly play something. And I... Honestly, the first thing that I notice whenever I pick up a new mobile game is how much is this game advertising to me while I play it, mm -hmm. right? Um, the games that I primarily play actually do not advertise me to at all. Like I, I have, I play a couple of Marvel games mm -hmm. and I have one like space game that uh, it has like basically no monetization model, model to it whatsoever. Um, shout out to my Haiti star crew that listens, by the way. Hell yeah. Um, the... Games that I'll pick up and randomly play is they'll be like, hey, the, why don't you check out this new, uh, this is not a real life example, but like, hey, check out this new Warhammer game that just came out. And I'll be like, sure, I will pick it up. I will download it. I will try it out. Mm -hmm. And if I get into that game and in first like five minutes of me being in there, I've already got other ads popping up for other games. Or I've seen this in mobile games where, you know, a lot of mobile games have their own in-game currencies that you can buy with real money, right? That's kind of the where the whole model comes from. Right. Um, they'll give you an achievement per day that gives you that currency for literally watching advertisements for other games. Okay. That shit turns me off. Yeah. I'm just like, I do not want that. Like I, I No, it's it's not. homework. It's I, I remember back in back in college there was like a website that um paid you to take surveys. Mm -hmm. And I I was like, Well that's brilliant. I can just sit there on my computer and click stuff. I mean, and obviously it was never enough money. Right. And it was just taking a bunch of surveys, but you think whatever, it's you know, it's basically money for nothing. I might as well do it. Man, you make it like like an hour mm -hmm. and you're just like, no, I'm not going to do this for any amount of money. This yeah. is horrible. It, it just, it, it, it's such a slog to get through. And that's yeah. what it feels like. It's like, oh, you can have your currency, not by playing the game that you're currently enjoying, mm -hmm. but by watching these advertisements while we right. stop you from playing the game. Yeah. And it's all part of the system, right? Because I actually do have the Google uh, survey thing on my phone. Mm -hmm. um, and it literally just tracks my data. And it's just like, hey, did you go to here recently? Did you do a thing? And I'm like, yes. And it's like, here's 10 cents. Mm -hmm. And like, I do that because like, I don't really pay for microtransactions and games, right. but like, I use my Google rewards for it, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like games that just very blatantly advertise other shit to me. And you can tell when it's not like, I'm trying to get an example here. 
if you're playing Clash of Clans, mm-hmm. and they have another game like Reign of Clans or something of Clans, okay. whatever. And they advertise that other game to you within the game. That is less offensive to me than me logging into Clash of Clans and very blatantly seeing an ad for a game that has nothing to do with Clash of Clans. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a literal placeholder image or something yep. that they just you, that other game bought space in Clash of Clans, knowing how popular it is. Mm-hmm. Like that, that throws me off. I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't want any of that. Like, please don't put that in here. Mm-hmm. No, because like, again, it doesn't feel organic. It doesn't yeah. feel like when you're playing this game, like. Yeah, like why would this game these people have a billboard for this other mobile game, you yeah. know? And and I mean, yeah, it, it's if we were in I don't know, if we were watching uh, our our latest Marvel movie that we go to see and up there was a poster for like some upcoming like A24 film and right. you're like that's it would be weird if they didn't make one up. If right. they made one up and put it there, you're like, oh, that's totally an A24 thing. Yeah, that's a good joke, good gag, right, good right. sight read. They must like those movies. If they put up an advertisement for a natural movie, you just recoil. You're like, ugh. Yeah. Gross. We, we already got fed 10 minutes of trailers before the movie. Yeah. Like, what do you, like, uh, do y'all need money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, Marvel, are you okay? Like, <laughs> do you need some money there, my guy? Like, right? there it is. And that's the thing is that I think, like we kind of stated earlier, it's really easy for us to recoil and tighten our buttholes when we hear advertising in video games because you're like, oh, God, no, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's not like this thing hasn't existed for years, and we have this debate once every five years of, oh, should advertising be in video games? But, like, I mean, in a weird way, even at the beginning of the video game, you're being advertised to. Yeah. You you always see the different studios that worked on this game before it starts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, So, uh, yeah. So, I guess that the the, 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 two... To, to line it up, it's there's a lot of different ways that advertising can like be offensive, mm-hmm. and obviously, like just simple ad scrolls and reads. Um, you know, you're you're used to them somewhere. You don't want it to become CNN, sure. Um, but it's a lot less offensive than things like really, you know, pay to win microtransactions mm-hmm. or you know, a, a loot boxes that uh, you know have a bunch of duplicates and don't give you anything for repeated purchases. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, in some cases, advertising is better until it's obtrusive. So mm. really just like when it comes to advertising in games, I guess my, my only real advice is fucking keep it classy. Yeah, it's true. You know? Here's my thing about it to kind of go back to one of your points. And this is the thing that concerns me because I know I'm going to go back to my whole like we live in a capitalist society thing mm-hmm. that James just said five minutes ago. Um, I worry for games that do put my or that do put advertising in their games and then try and like triple dip and have like mo- really horrid monetization models. Yeah, you see those. You I mean, do see those. Usually they get plowed into the ground. I mean, yeah. who uh, that uh, that latest game that came out and I can't even remember. Oh, Babylon's the name Fall. Of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard that game was trash. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, and yeah, it's like horribly monetized. There's like four different versions of the game you can buy. Mm. Some of them don't even have the campaign, which most people who played the game said is the only reason to play the game. Mm-hmm. There is no end game. It's literally a circle you run in. Mm. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Advertising in games. Mm. Weird. Yeah. It was just one of those things that, uh, after reading through these articles, I was like, 
I wasn't like desperately trying to find a boss room. I was like, but we should really talk about this because people do have to ha- seem to have very, very strong opinions on it. Mm-hmm. And it's usually one way or another. And I feel almost kind of neutral in a lot of ways about yeah. advertising in video games. Mm-hmm. Um, again, keep it classy, right? Yeah. Like I just don't, I, it's going to feel weird if I'm playing Overwatch and there is a Mountain Dew advertisement in Overwatch. That's going to yeah, seem weird to me. Yeah. I don't want to watch the character like winking at the camera, drinking a Mountain Dew, you right. know, and that's where we're going with that. And right. let's just not. Yeah. And like I said, it's weird to kind of say that because going mm-hmm. back to the stranding, that's literally what we did. But again, and I'm not trying to make a concession for Kojima here, mm-hmm. but like he did, man, my man's needed the months. Yeah, yeah, he, he did. He, 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 he did. did. He made an amazing game. <laughs> yeah. at, 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 it's basically the first time for the studio and made such an incredible In fact, that's thing. The, the thing that took me out of the game the most. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the idea of monster existing in the universe. It was that I then was taken out of the game to think to myself, man, he needed that money though. Like, And I was thinking more yeah. of the history of him being fired from Konami mm-hmm. and all this other, like my mind was taken out of the game because I was like, yeah, Kojima really did need those dollars yeah. though, to make this. Yeah, you go there and like even with Kojima's name, you still have to do this to make a AAA video game. That's how expensive they are. Yeah, that is absolutely true. And that was when he was given the game engine, mm-hmm. um, you know, given a bunch of resources. Like, yeah, basically handpicked his staff. Yeah, like it just absolutely ridiculous. So yeah, please put advertising in. If that means Kojima gets to pay his people, then by all means, especially because mm-hmm. a lot of them came over from Capcom with, yeah. or from Konami with him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that at the end of the day, when we talk about advertising in video games, it's really just a matter of personal preference. You may your mileage may vary. You may not yeah. like any advertising in video games, and I understand your your perspective. You may think it's perfectly fine. I understand your perspective. I think I'm kind of carbon neutral on this one. I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's all right. It's yeah. there. You know, just be careful with how you do it because it is a dangerous thing. And it was slightly refreshing to go through these articles um, as I was kind of verifying my sources. And yeah, like Microsoft was really all about the, you know, we're going to put a program in place so that you can, you know, monetize and put advertising in your games. But mm-hmm. by the way, we're just putting this in place so you guys can make some extra money. We're right. my, we're Microsoft. We don't need extra which, dollars. Which is nice. The fact that they're not mandating that you use it and the fact that they literally said, we're not going to take a cut. We're just adding infrastructure to our 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 platform. Yeah. I mean, that's good. Yeah. That's good. So I have a feeling that they're going to go about it the right way. And, and I'm not trying to hear and like stroke Microsoft's dick or anything, mm-hmm. but it seems like their heart's in the right place because, yeah. you know, when it comes to things like putting games on game pass, you know, they do give a lot of money to those studios to put games on game pass. Yeah, they do. Um, in fact, I mean, Game Pass, I think, is profitable for them, but I really don't know at this point because they haven't released the numbers uh, because they do give a lot of money to these companies to like get these games on their platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to believe their heart's in the right place and they're just trying to get more money to developers now. On the other side of this, obviously, Sony didn't disclose. Yeah, but it's not what they do. That is not what they do. <laughs> they wait until someone leaks it and then announce it three weeks later. Right. So I would not be surprised if Sony did not take somewhat of a cut from the ad revenue. Mm-hmm. It, it, not enough for it to offend me, by the way. I'm not going to go out in the streets and burn my PS5 at this no, point. No, but they, you know, they, yeah. Sony is not the. I've never known them to give shit away for free. Yeah. 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 I mean, even if it's just like a 10% cut, they'll probably take something away from the advertising revenue on it. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. But again, at the end of the day, when it comes to advertising and video games, keep it classy, keep it clean, uh, don't put it in our faces. And I think that, you know, I, I'm not just, I'm not bothered by it. Yeah. Same. 
All right, that's everything that we have for the show this week. Don't forget that you can head over to patreon.com slash gnggcast to become a patron of our show. You can head over to facebook.com slash gnggcast where you can chat with us as well as at gnggcast on Twitter. I am on Twitter all the time. It's probably unhealthy, uh, but you can talk to me there. Uh, special thanks to all of our patrons, Keith, Chad, Jack, for supporting the show. Uh, seriously, you guys do keep us afloat, and we really do appreciate y'all. Until next time, for Hector, this is James. And for James, this is Hector. Everyone, good night. And good game. Good game.